0: You're listening to the Bride Chilla podcast, helping bride chillers and groom chillas plan their wedding, minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time. This is the Friday Quickie. The, well, it was a bonus episode, really. It started as a bit of a. I don't know, something extra I thought I'd chuck him that I've just kept doing. So I must get Cara Lee to re record that voiceover. Welcome, welcome, my lovely bride chillers and groom chillers. I am Alicia. I host this shindig. I'm an Aussie. I live in London. I'm a comedian, author, real housewives freak. And uh, I work in TV in my day job. And I host this podcast in my extra hours which my husband would say are very few. I'm married to Rich, and we've been married since, uh, well, this is our fourth year of marriage, I think. We're really, really terrible with our anniversaries, and uh, this year, we are going to Paris. Well, we're not, actually. We're going to Paris for my birthday, and we're going to celebrate our wedding anniversary over there. I say that. We're not really going there for that reason. We've got a lovely friend, Matt. Hello, Matt, if you're listening, who is working at the French Open, the tennis. And he has said he may or may not be able to get us tickets to that wonderful tennis event. So we have said, bugger it. We're going to fly there. We're going to enjoy the Parisian delights. And if you can get us in, great. And if not, we'll just wander the beautiful Parisian streets. need to think of some more things about Paris and eat some things and have a nice time. We have been living in London for the past, this is our third year now, and we don't know when we're going to go back to Australia. We will go back to Australia eventually. And I have really started talking to Rich in this tone of going, listen, we don't know how long we're gonna be in the UK for. We need to take advantage of all travel opportunities. And unfortunately for us, we don't have a backyard and therefore we have no room for a money tree. So these little trips that sound very uh, on the spot and cheap aren't really that cheap. But we are taking advantage where we can, and this was a great opportunity. So I'm very excited in the next couple of weeks, well, it's a few weeks away now, to go and uh, go to Paris. There it is. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, Thank you so much for all your support this week. I've had some wonderful Twitter messages, like this one from Karen Gore. She uh, tweets under, at the Uh, It's plucky rambler. I like that. I really like some of your Twitter handles. Karen says, Alicia had to stop the Wedding Hack podcast. This is a couple of weeks ago. And tweet you, I'm a home gym enthusiast too. And I love Fitness Blender. She then sent another one saying, there's hundreds of on-demand and free workouts. The hit workouts will kick your butt till next Tuesday. Now, back to the podcast. I love, love, love this. I'm so glad that I'm meeting fellow at-home gym workout enthusiasts. I love it. I know I've just banged on about this so much. But if you aren't motivated and you fucking hate going to a gym, then make a choice to choose something else that doesn't involve going to a gym. Just don't make a choice to sit it on your ass and go, no, I don't feel happy with my body. Oh, I wish I was fitter. Well, you've got to do it, Dal. You've got to get up. That's my hard-ass attitude. At work, I have a bit of a reputation because I'm one of these well, look, we really, we really made an effort a few years ago to cut out refined sugar. Now, I don't want to be the fucking idiot that you're like, oh, hey, Alicia, she just bangs on and on about it. But I truly believe if you cut the sugar down and the refined carbs, if you just instead, I'm not saying don't eat pasta at all, but just don't have it every night because it makes you fat. That's just the, it's science. It stores, it makes your ass grow bigger. Now, I am not saying don't enjoy a pasta, you know, a bowl of fusilli. I love a bowl of fusilli, but I know with my small, short body that if I were eating fusilli every night, you would have to roll me out of the house. And the same with exercise. I find exercise a really good thing for my brain and body. And I know if I don't try and fit it into my day, uh, that I will be sad and also my body will be sad and my mind will be sad. So these online workouts are such a good way to just get it in. I get up at 6.30 and I'm not saying this to be like some warrior, like hero. This is just how I have to fit this into my day so I have time. I get up and I put my beach body, uh, beach body on demand. I've got that on my phone and then I press play and it connects to my Apple TV and bam, it's on my TV and I do my workouts and then I feel good about myself the rest of the day and I feel nice and tired at the end of the day and happy that I've moved my body. I love it because I don't have to then pack my gym shit and go to a gym after work and then get home at nine o'clock and then go, I haven't eaten to dinner till nine. So for me, that works really well. I also have this sort of sneaky thing where I do take my running gear, I take a light backpack, and then I take the train halfway home and then I run the rest of the way home and I listen to a podcast. I do that twice a week and I feel really good that I get a bit of outside time and I see the rest of the world and uh, enjoy it. So I am so happy that, uh, gee, that was a rant. Soz. I feel really passionate about this. As I said, people at work are like, oh, fuck, Alicia, look at you and your, your clean living. And I'm like, listen, I enjoy a vodka soda and a glass of Sauvignon Blanc as much as any gal. And I love a piece of chocolate, more than a piece. And I love a cake. But I know if I put that shit in my mouth, well, it's not good for you. And I think you want to look after your body because you only get one. So, Karen Gore, thank you for letting me go on that rant. And my lovely listeners, thanks for listening. If you are interested, I'm not affiliated. Again, I always say this. Beachbody and Karen was also talking about her fitness blender these are apps you just download them I think Beachbody in England I don't know the price in the states it's three pounds that's like five dollars and fifty cents a week don't hold me to that because I'm not in the states at the moment but honestly you could do 50,000 workouts a week for that price using the apps you're crazy not to have a crack oh let's all breathe I hope I didn't make anyone feel bad then not my intention this is not about body shaming it's about just feeling good about yourself and I feel good about myself when I look after my body that is all it's not about being thin I do like a bit of a toned muscle on everyone but that's also just my prerogative you can be size zero which is ridiculous not I mean sorry size zero people but that's I don't know why we've got a thing called size zero more the point not about the size of you it just seems a little crazy what are we doing minus do they do minus they probably do it's it's very weird. It doesn't matter if you're a size two or twenty-two. Just look after yourself. If you're new to the show, that was an Alicia rant. Welcome. If you've stayed with me, uh, if not, you might have turned this off and you couldn't hear it. If you've turned it off, so that does not make any sense. Shall we move on to the first question slash statement uh, that I have from wonderful, wonderful bride chiller and groom chiller listeners. Laura says, I wanted to thank you for your podcast. I stumbled upon it this past fall and I've enjoyed the episodes. I wanted to send a small token of my support through PayPal. I found your guests and their advice helpful in planning my May 21st, 2016 wedding. It's so soon. I've saved money, I've found vision for the day and a community where I can find peace and understanding as a bride to be. Laura, firstly, I've got more to say, and you've got more to say here in your email but i want to thank you so much for your generous contribution via the paypal and also for these wonderful statements because as i've said a million times the save the date community is something that you guys and ladies and people have created because you get on the facebook and the instagram you all talk to each other and i just feel like a proud podcast parent i see you all chatting and i'm like they're my children my podcast children this is getting creepy but I love that you all just take charge and do whatever the hell you want to do. And it's really nice that you're supporting each other. And I think like-minded people attract like-minded people and bride chillers and groom chillers are one of these sort of communities where you do support each other. So rock on. Laura says, as an aside, I'm an encore bride. And even though this is not my first time around the block, I'm having the wedding of my dreams with the man of my dreams. He was my best friend in school. Oh my God, I love this. And we began dating after our 30th high school reunion. I can't thank you enough for the podcast. I'm glad to have you as a virtual bridesmaid. Love, Laura. Ah, uh, OMGs. This is a beautiful love story. And I would love to learn more about it. Thank you so much again for letting me know and sharing that with me. Because that's pretty bloody delicious. Ann Carr, at Ann, Laura Carr, tweeted me. And she says, tip in capital letters. Get on the not email list. They often host awesome events for engaged couples slash bonus free cocktails. See, this is a great tip. And I know we did talk about um in our wedding hack week, which I believe was 154 and 155 episode. Look at me like a little file But one of the tips from the wonderful bride chillers was to just get on as many newsletter lists as you can, because often... As with my newsletter list, actually, I should be plugging my own shit. Often the whole idea behind newsletters is to communicate to your customers or potential clients and offer them amazing deals in exchange for being able to contact them. So, I would really recommend as an extension, Anne or Annie, that you, uh, I agree with this, you join email lists that are valuable to you. Don't just join rando email lists that you don't want to buy their shit. I mean, that's a waste of time. But also, get a Gmail account or a Hotmail account that's specifically for your wedding so you don't have to have all this stuff being sent to uh, your normal account because it can get overwhelming. So, yeah, it's a great idea. I... If you are not a subscriber of the Save the Date Winning Podcast list, I send one email a week and I try, If you know, people share things with me. People share things with me. Come with me. Companies contact me and say, hey, would you like to promote our product? And sometimes I'm like, no. And other times I'm like, that's a great deal. So if I have sort of exclusive discounts and codes and all that sort of stuff, I pop it in the email every week. And you would be surprised as the wonderful Brad Chiller who suggested this, um, you know, she went through this amazing list. Go back and listen to the episode. She went through this amazing list of all the money she has saved by going to see a vendor, joining the mailing list, and then them sending her discount codes and specials and also saying, hey, we've got a sale coming up on Friday. Get in there. We're letting you know early. So do yourself a favor. If you have a list of vendors that you want to work with, but you haven't exchanged funds with them yet. I would really investigate the old newsletter or preferred customer or whatever you want to call it list, join it. And then if you're using your other email address that is for the wedding only, you can just ditch that email address afterwards or uh, use Gmail if you're a Gmail user. I For my private emails, I'm a Gmail user. And at the moment, they have this amazing, uh, it's not amazing, it's just clever because it's, it's efficient because it's Google. They they actually sort all of your emails into personal emails Uh Newslettery, sponsory things, you know, people that you're on a list and uh, spam. So you don't have to do it. You can just click on every morning. I get up and go, well, that's rubbish or well, that's good. And then you don't have to see it in your main feed. Done. Twitter is really going off with questions lately and I love it. And I'm sorry I haven't given you enough attention on the show, my Twitter people. Uh, Jasmine Jade, 1618, says, Enjoyed the podcast this morning. Any advice on where to print invitations in the UK? already designed them, just need to print. Now, to which I replied and said, you know who would know the answer to this? The wonderful Emma Block. Emma Block is my designer who did my logo. You'll see with the pretty, uh, she hand designed it. She's amazing. She's an illustrator and she does some beautiful, beautiful printables that you can purchase from her Etsy store. At Emma Block is where you'll find her. Her Instagram account is incredibly popular because she posts some lovely, sexy, gorgeous illustrations and what I love is wherever she goes if she goes on holiday she will illustrate but she also does some beautiful portraits so if you're looking to have your invitations designed and you want to put a bit of individuality in it a la your face she's who to go for so she got back and said uh, she would suggest right that uh, she used printed.com for her invitations she said they have a great wedding stationery range lots of finishes and she also said the important thing is her tip is just to label your files clearly when you are submitting them to an online printer and uh, make sure that you are sure that when you're ordering your printed printed particulars that you measure appropriately and leave a bleed line. And if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about and you are considering printing your own invitations, then I suggest you hold your horses Do some Googling and make sure you understand the basics of printing because the worst thing that you can do is to you know, upload a JPEG or a PNG, more likely, and send it off to the printer and not read the instructions and do it properly. Pay for a bunch of shit to be printed and then it come back and not be right. So bleed lines and all that sort of stuff, it sounds boring, but they're actually really important to making sure printing goes correctly and also... Like Emma was saying, labeling things and making sure you communicate because printers, especially online printers who are printing in bulk and en masse, although it's fabulously most of the time inexpensive, you know, you've got to think they're not spending hours going through your print files. They're just getting it up, printing it and shipping it to you. So the extra bit of care and attention would be really good and really handy to make sure you get exactly what you want. Thank you, Emma, for... uh, for doing that for me, also, Emma is getting married this week. She's amazing, and uh, I am delighted to know her. So I wish you all the best, Emma Block. I love your work.
1: Hi, Alicia. My name is Darcy, and I live in Bozeman, Montana, here in the states. I just wanted to say I fucking love your podcast. It is definitely keeping me sane, and. Also noted, holy cow, I can't tell you how many times I tried to do this voice message and finally got a successful one. I just wanted to call and talk you about a couple of items. We got engaged in October. We're going to have an unplugged ceremony. I myself am a photographer and have photographed several weddings and... We are very passionate about this unplugged wedding and I don't want anyone's cell phones or tablets out because it's really sad when people have them out and they're not actually present in the moment.
0: Firstly, I bloody love Darcy's intro. I fucking love you too, girl. I really do. And it's lovely to hear from professionals with that sort of attitude, just talking about the unplugged wedding. And I posted something a couple of about a month ago on Facebook about unplugged weddings, and it was a it was a sign that basically sort of said, listen, put your phones away. And a few people got a bit snar- not snarky. I mean, I encourage I encourage all opinions, but they got a bit shirty with me and said, ah, are we are we overdoing all this no phones and bullshit. I like to have my phone at the you know with me. We should be treating our guests like adults, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, great. That is great. But like Darcy said, unfortunately, the point of my sort of posting that and the point that I've been talking about over the past sort of six months is the idea that when the bride or groom enters or they enter together, that people just hold up the phones and instead of taking the moment into you know consideration, they're filming shit. It's like going to a gig. Like, I always look around and you think you've spent $50, $100, whatever, to go to a concert, a musical concert, a rock concert or something. And then you see people holding their phones. For one thing, the phone, if you're recording video at a Coldplay concert, you ain't going to be able to hear that later on. iPhones are great. Androids are great. But their small, tiny chip where they, you know, the microphone cannot cope with that sort of information. It's distorted, it's shit, no one's ever going to watch it again. So pop the phone down and also photographing Chris Martin from 450 meters away, you're just going to see a small dot, you're not going to know who it is, have a life experience, for fuck's sake, put the phone down. So in a smaller context, I my point that I made in that Facebook post was, I think it's a lovely thing to ask guests just for the duration of the ceremony, to pop the phones in the handbag. I'm not suggesting you have to have some sort of security beat going around and saying, put the phone down. It doesn't have to have, you know, someone standing over other people. It's more just the idea to say, let's just suggest, let's remind people. It's not the Gestapo. We're not going to have people coming around and hovering and knocking the phones out of their hands. I I wasn't suggesting that, but I do think it's a nice gesture and maybe just nice to remind people, hey, Listen, we're gonna have some lovely professional photos. Share this time with us. Pop the phone in the bag. No one gives a shit.
1: The other issue that I have is, it's not as though the other one was an issue, but regardless, the only issue I have right now is I come from a rather large family. Uh, Both my parents are siblings of five kids on each side. So when we were doing the guest list, it was 150 people plus just on my side of the family. And with a catering budget, I had to knock off some of those. So needless to say, not all of the family members are coming. I've narrowed it down to more grandparents, aunts and uncles, and quote-unquote favorite cousins ones that I'm actually close with and that I have a good relationship with and whatnot and other cousins will be on the B list. I hope to not make anyone too upset. I don't I guess I'm asking more for your advice. I don't really know. I don't want to step on any toes by doing this, but I save about a thousand dollars in food costs for doing that alone. Um I would appreciate your opinion and I can't wait to hear your next podcast. Have a wonderful day. Bye.
0: Darcy, great question and uh, something relevant, I think, to everyone who is planning a guest list and who has a big family because family are one of those sort of things I think a lot of people struggle with trying to just chop down the guest list, especially when you have a big family and there are expectations that everyone will be invited, as we know, That is not always the case and it's not always possible for physical reasons, financial reasons and also some people just don't want to have a 150-seat wedding. They'd rather have a 50-head wedding and uh, it's hard to then communicate that to family that just expect an invitation. I think you've been very wise in creating an A and B list. If you don't know what Darcy's talking about and what I'm talking about, may I ask you to head way, way back, gross, to, uh, I think it's episode four. My, this is crazy. This is 159. This is the current episode. I want you to go right back to one of my very first episodes. And it was all about the guest list. I laid it out there and I really said what I needed to say. And it's honestly, one of the most popular episodes still to this day that I've ever done. It's a little bit uh, more old school, um, but it really gives you a good idea of my theory about how to go about inviting people and also just putting people on different lists and classifications. This doesn't mean you care about them any less. It just means that basically, if you have a group of people that are 100% people you absolutely want there and you couldn't imagine the day without, they're your A-list. Your B-list are people to say, well, if the people on the A-list can't make it, these people, I'd love to be there, but you know, potentially I don't see them very often or I haven't had uh, a lot to do with them. I really care about them. we have got good history. You know, there are lots that look, go back and listen to the episode. There's lots of examples I give. But the B list to me is great because you're still saying if people on the A list can't come, then you can send out an invitation to the B list. Of course, we have to be very careful with timing. You can't do this a week before because that makes you a bit of a jerk. Potentially, you need to be able to be getting when RSVs are coming back. And uh, if someone says, no, sorry, can't make it. Then you need to be pretty on it and get the second sort of tier of invitations out in the post or via the emails or the whatever system you're using. And then, you know, you can offer a place at your wedding for the secondary people. So, Darcy, I think what you're doing is a really sensible plan. You're not saying no, no, no to everyone, but also you are giving the people a chance that. You really want to be there. Like you said, your cousins, you have closer cousins than others. And I think that's nice that you are thinking about their feelings and making sure that you only invite the people that are close to you and that have meaning to you. And that doesn't mean your family. I'm not saying that the rest of your family doesn't have meaning. It's just if you don't see them very often and they're not a huge part of your life in the day to day, then you probably wouldn't be uh, inviting them. Talking about this now, it feels like I need to do a little revival of the guest list episode and bring it to the head so people that have perhaps not heard it can hear it again. I will add that to my list of to-dos. I might do a little best of the guest list conundrums. I'll do a guest list week. How about that? Oh, just making up things. Look at me. I've got my pad and pen. Can you hear me? Old school. I'm writing guest list week. There it is. Oh, look at that, done. Uh, Lots to say about that. And I'm sure you have questions, more questions about who you invite and the etiquette. Well, and I use the term etiquette quite lightly. I think you create your own etiquette when it comes to the guest list. You know who you want there. And I think you have to actually be quite strong and uh, on point when it comes to who you invite to your wedding. And not just be inviting everyone willy-nilly because it gets expensive. And also, you don't want people there on your day that, you know, you don't really, not say don't care for, but you're like, meh. You don't want any meh people. There, put that on another t-shirt. Oof, love it. If you like mugs. (laughs) Until next week, I wish you happy days.